1: regret our relationship i had
0: so much rage in me you will learn how to deal with your problems
1: you want anything
0: for you to die
1: Uh, i'm shaking i'm physically shaking That was a clip from the mid-season trailer of Vanderpump Rules. There's so much more to go. They're filming the Vanderpump Rules reunion this week. Andy was posting that he was on his way to Los Angeles. We still don't know how it's going to be with Raquel and Shishi because Rachel did file a restraining order when Shishi was filled with all that rage. I had so much rage in me. And so I think they're supposed to be staying a 100 yards apart, unless that's subject to change. And Andy said, I was on Watch What Happens Live last week with Katie Maloney, and Andy had said they're going to figure out the reunion. So I am fully confident they're going to deliver a great reunion. There's also these rumors that Andy's going to have a separate sit-down part of the reunion with Tom and Ariana. I mean, the end of that mid-season trailer was The whole thing was one of the most thrilling trailers I've ever seen in Bravo history. That music, the end of the trailer ending with Ariana just looking at Sandoval and saying, for you to die. What'd she say? You want anything?
0: For you to die.
1: Oh my God. And that music, that music's been haunting me ever since I saw that mid-season trailer. I mean, it's just playing in my head over and over again. I'm at the grocery store and I'm just hearing that... It's so it's so haunting. And there's new footage in that trailer from what they've been filming over the past couple of weeks. And then there's the old footage. It seemed like we already had a lot going on where James was asking Lala, should I ask Allie to marry me? And then... Now we got all this new footage of she-she after she was filled with all that rage and she threw something at that bambi-eyed woman and I uh, so much. And then we're finally seeing the first footage of the... Fall. There's also some, like, Easter eggs in that trailer. People are wondering if that was Tom Sandoval kissing Rachel. But I think that that actually was footage of Tom Sandoval kissing Ariana, which honestly makes it even worse. I mean, what a demon that man is. Do you hear me, Tom? Do you hear me? Tom, can you hear me? A demon. And seeing that footage just made me feel like he's even more of a demon. I mean, watching him kiss his Ariana in bed, and I think they were at Sheena's wedding when he was kissing her in that trailer, and I don't know. And then Rachel just kissing Schwartz, and then she's kissing Oliver, and then we're finding out she's kissing Sandoval. Like, enough, Rachel! Enough, and I'm sex positive here We want everyone to go out and do it But not when it's at the expense of other people's relationships And Katie says in the trailer She's like, she's filled with rage too I had so much rage in me Maloney's got some Maloney rage And we know that that comes out at any given moment So uh, Rachel better buckle up, Buttercup Because there's no way she's getting out of that reunion alive I mean, she is going to be taking rage She's going to be popped by Lala She's going to be lit on fire Katie keeps saying she's going to light people on fire So I mean, She's going to have to buckle up She's going to have to buckle up, but I'm glad she posted on her social media that she's going to be there in person. And so, look, I think we're going to get a great reunion. And this has been a great season. This whole episode was good. And we're watching it through fresh eyes. And we're seeing all these details emerge. And every detail is more infuriating than last. And I mentioned Watch What Happens Live. And I tried to get as much dirt as I could out of those people on Watch What Happens Live. And I loved everyone there. Everyone was so nice. Andy was so nice. Katie was so nice. And Katie had just come from filming. And I don't know about you all, but I thought when they said, like, lights up, we're filming again after the scandal broke, I assumed that that was going to be like one or two scenes. But Katie had literally just come from filming. She had flown in directly to set, like, then I think she had to go off right away again to film more of the season. So they are not stopping. They're not putting down that camera. And God bless them for it. Meanwhile, when I left Watch What Happens Life, I had to hop on a flight. And... (laughs) It was so nice. I got so many nice messages about the parents on Watch What Happens Live, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I got to announce my new book, which you can pre-order now, and also the, I mentioned the tour, which we sold out to Denver. You can still get tickets to Salt Lake City and Seattle. It's going to be in April. We're going to have so much scandal stuff to talk about, believe me. Believe me, we got lots to chat about. So get the tickets, go to everythingiconic.com for those. Anyway, so I get off the plane and I had a car service thing picking me up. And so many people were nice on social media and I got all these new followers, which was great. But on Instagram, when you see the people that follow, sometimes you'll see the little blue check mark. And I don't know if you know who Elizabeth Perkins is. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you should know who Elizabeth Perkins is. But if you're not familiar, she's an actress. She played uh, Wilma in the Flintstones movie in the 90s. And she was also in the Miracle on 34th Street reboot with Dylan McDermott. And she was in Weeds as Celia. And she's a phenomenal actress. But I see on there, on my Instagram, that Elizabeth Perkins followed me. So, of course, I said,
0: I have the kill," (laughs) Because
1: that's the kind of gay man I am. And so I wasn't, I was kind of like half asleep. It was a quick trip. It was a lot. And I'm still sort of recovering from my surgery. So I was kind of, it was a lot. The whole travel was a lot. So I land and I see that Elizabeth Perkins is following me. I take a screenshot and I go to text Matt. I'm like, oh my God, Elizabeth Perkins is following me. Well, I accidentally texted that to the car service guy who was picking me up. So uh, he texted me back immediately and said, I don't know who Elizabeth Perkins is. And so, George, if you're out there, I hope that you're uh, diving into her filmography at some point. But uh, apparently, he did not know that. And so, uh, he was not impressed when he found out that Elizabeth Perkins was following me. But Elizabeth Perkins, if you listen to this podcast, welcome. I love you. Come on the show. Come on the show. But I was excited. Anyway, it was a great... It was so much fun to be at Watch What Happens Live. And so, I think it was kind of tricky for Katie because it's like, I don't know that they... Or know how much they want to let out about all this stuff, right? Like, so I was trying to get as much dirt as I could. But like, I think even Katie was sitting there like, oh, I don't know, what can I say? And well, you know she just come from film. She's probably tired. She don't know what's going on. And so I think uh, all the people are trying to figure that out. Even they all got these podcasts. And I think they're trying to figure out, well, what can we say on the podcast? What can't we say? Here on Everything Iconic, we'll mention it all though, we'll mention it all. So I, uh, am thrilled about that mid-season trailer. I'm thrilled about the reunion. It looks like we're gonna get a good reunion. And then this week was so incredible too. It was, episode was called Galaxy Gaslighting. Galaxy Gaslighting. Now that's obviously in reference to Rachel's Galaxy Light that she brought on the Vegas trip. Now they went to Vegas, and then they went to Lake Havasu. And a lot of you reached out to me. I got in trouble. Got in trouble because I didn't remember Lake Havasu from the real houses of Orange County. Of course, our dear uh, returning house, Vicki Gumbelson. She'll be back on our screen soon. But I didn't realize... I just didn't realize that uh, some of this Bravo stuff comes in my head and then falls out. I can't remember it all. I can't keep it all up there. I got so much scandal information floating around in my noggin right now. So much. It's a lot of scandal information floating around in my head. I got lightning bolt necklaces. I got Rachel's Instagram stories. I got apology note letters. Uh, it's a lot happening in my head right now. So if I forget about Lake Havasu, I'm sorry, but I got to make room for the scandal. That's all this. Uh, There's only so much real estate in this noggin. Believe me, it's limited real estate up there because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Mensa person. I'm not a big genius. So some stuff's got to fall out by the wayside. Some stuff does. Okay, so we opened this week on the guys' night that we ended on last week where Rachel and Charlie were showing up. Now, James is worried about Allie. He doesn't want Allie to be upset that he's sitting there hanging out with Rachel. I always want to call her Rachel now. Uh, But he doesn't want Allie to find out that he's been at a guys' night, and then suddenly his ex fiance shows up. I think we sometimes forget that they were engaged, which is another fucked up thing that I don't think we've talked about on Everything Iconic, about how Sandoval paid for that big engagement. Remember he gave like 10K to fund James and Rachel's engagement? Like, what the fuck is that about? Oh, you guys, it's just all fucking nuts. Anyway, uh, she shows up. And so, of course, he's like, I'm going to leave. I don't want to do this. And then Rachel's sitting there flirting with Schwartz. And meanwhile, that we know the fair with Sandoval was happening at this point. So it's like, you're flirting with Schwartz. And then if you notice Tom Sandoval's eyes, he was just kept like staring at her. And he was... Ah, uh, I don't know. It made me all very uncomfortable. And Rachel said, uh, something about Queen Terry Maloney. He said, she said, Oh, Terry Maloney was giving me the business in Vegas. And I was like, yeah, fucking Terry Maloney was giving you the business because you're acting completely inappropriate. Her daughter is still married to Schwartz. And we see in the mid-season trailer that she does actually kiss him on camera, which is upsetting. And Katie says, we are technically still married. I mean, it's all fucked up. So she's telling all the guys, she's like, yeah, Terry gave me the business, or I forget what she said, but she said, I was just being young and fun and single and living my life, and these girls set me up to seem like I'm only chasing guys who are, uh, I'm I'm only interested in guys who have other significant others. And it's like, yeah, no shit. No shit, you dummy. No shit, you dummy. Of course, we're worried about that because it's the truth. It's accurate. And so come on now. Come on, don't be a big old dummy. So James wants to leave this guy's night and Sandoval goes and chases him, chases him down. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't want to be here. Meanwhile, over at Lake Havasu, Christina, Katie, and Lala, they get back from the night out. It's like, what, 1.07 a.m.? They're reheating pizza, which I don't know where they got that pizza, but it looked good. And Lala invited this guy Don to the house. And she keeps saying his name. Like, she's so, she's like, it's done. I got done. But I actually think Don, I think there was something sketchy going on with the Don situation because I didn't see him the next morning when they woke up. And I would have thought Bravo Production, if Don did, in fact, sleep over, like Lala said, which maybe I'm completely off-base. But I think if he did sleep over, they would have been there in the morning to capture footage. Unless he left in the middle of the night, I guess that's possible. I just would have thought there would have been footage, and something about it was fishy to me. And I don't know. It felt a little scripted-y to me, but I could be totally off-base. Anyway, Katie that night, though, was pushing Don and Lala. And I was excited because Katie was being a fun drunk. Normally we get the tequila Katie where she's just upset and she's yelling at people and she's filled with all that rage.
0: I had so
1: much rage in me. Some of that rage must have rubbed off on Shishi because now Shishi's got the rage. And Katie Maloney was having easy, breezy, beautiful fun at the Lake Havasu house. And she was encouraging Lala. She's like, "Go go get some good sex from this Don, this hot man. And then Lala says she hasn't had a real orgasm since 2016. 2016. And I just rewatched the series. And the weird thing is, and this happens a lot on these shows, when you go back and watch through Fresh Eyes, you're like, well, why was that person? I felt like Lala had always bragged about uh, the sex and everything with Randall, that man. And so I, I know why even talk about it on camera if it's bad. She's telling us now that they haven't had an orgasm since 2016. So it's like, well, why were you even on camera saying anything about the sex? Cause I feel like she referenced it a couple of times on the show. Anyway, I was happy for Don shows up. They flirt. Uh, Katie and Christina Kelly leave. They go off to bed. And, uh, Don, when they were, go- <laughs> Lala was like calling him up and she, <laughs> she's like, come upstairs. We're going upstairs. And then Don said, don't get nervous when it's time to get serviced. I just thought that was like the best line ever. I mean, if this whole thing was set up, then somebody might have written that line for Don. And God bless, because that's a great line. I'm a, somebody needs to use that in a scripted project, because I've never heard it before. Maybe it's something from a TV show or movie. But when Don said, don't get nervous when it's time to get service, I thought, let's put that on a shirt. All these people are making merch. They got all the sandwich shop merch, and Lala's got send to daryl merch. And so they're all selling these t-shirts. And I'm like, Don's got the best phrase catchphrase for a t-shirt. And if I could, I'd put it on my own t-shirt, because I need a t-shirt that just says, don't get nervous when it's time to get service. But I was proud of Lala. Next day at Lake Havasu, Don, again, was not there. Lala said, <laughs> Lala was being a little bit too explicit for my liking. I mean, look, we want her to have all the good sex, and she deserves it. 2016 has not have an orgasm. But I don't know that I need to know how wet the bed is. I'm not sure I need to know how wet the bed is. And. I, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to even understand because I was thinking, like, you made, did you wake up with a fever or something? <laughs> Such a dummy. I was like, oh, you woke up with a fever. Like, cause you know, when you wake up and you're all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm woke up all wet in the bed. And it turns out, no, she was talking about her downstairs. She was talking about her. Rita Moreno. Took me a minute. Anyway, Katie and Christina Kelly, they go in to talk to Lala about all this thing. And Katie says, I don't know if it was in the scene or in the confessional, but she's like, yeah, Rachel fucking sucks. And Katie was right. And again, if I was watching this whole thing without knowing the details of the scandal, I might be on Rachel's side. Because as it stands, I always thought, and I was fooled, I was bamboozled, I was hoodwinked by Rachel. I had her on this podcast, and I just thought she was the sweetest, nicest, most wonderful person And then it turns out she's a demon. Like, I mean, I know they're all sort of demons, but uh, she's a demon. She's a demon. Then we have this scene where James and Allie, they're at the Oracle card reader. (laughs) I'm playing that sound effect too much. I've had caffeine. I had a Diet Coke before I started recording. So I am ready to go. Okay, so Allie wants to be a full-time astrologer. And I'm realizing I think I love her. I think I love Allie now, because I wasn't sure. And now that she's talking all about this astrology, which I'm fascinated by, I love when people talk astrology to me. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know much about it, but I find it all very fascinating. So Allie wants to do that full time. I'm ready for her to do a reading. Like, let's go, Allie. Let's get on, hop on. Uh, hop on Everything Iconic and give me a reading, because I don't know, but I'm rooting. I'm reading for the two of them. And James does seem, with Allie, he's matured in certain ways of like, even that scene earlier where he wanted to leave the guy's night because Rachel showed up, it was like, that felt like a mature thing of James to say, okay, I don't want to put myself in this position. And then later in the episode when they were fighting and he was telling Rachel, like, stop bringing up my name. He's like, just leave me alone. Leave me out of this. It felt like a mature thing. And I'm sure that I will change my mind and he will do something immature soon. But for now, for now, Uh, Then we have this scene at Pump with Memo, and I don't know if we've met Memo before, but he works at Pump, and I think there's all this confusion with Pump. Is it closing? I don't know if anyone saw these rumors online that it's not open or it's closing or something. I don't know what's true, but LVP sits down with the Toms, and Sandoval orders a beer and a frosé, and something about that was chilling. Now I'm looking at him through all these new eyes, and I'm just like, "What what a monster to order a frosé and a beer? Did he order them together? Were they together? Or do you just get two separate drinks? Unclear. Anyway, Schwartz is selling his house. They need another $50,000 to open this restaurant, Schwartz and Sandy's. And they're not even sure about the date. And the LVP is like, you need to pick a fucking date. And they're like, well, we got Sheena's wedding. And she's like, what? she's like, what the fuck is that a reason to not open your place of business? Like, open up. Open up, Buttercup, because people need to go there and be able to sit and eat at your restaurant. And that's the only way you're going to recoup all the money you put into it. But they're just like, well, we got June's wedding. And then LVP's finally like, you need to post about on social media. In Sandoval, he was like, kind of being really annoying in this scene because he just kept saying, he was swearing at LVP. He's like, I said, we got to fucking open. I don't care what fuck. He kept saying the F word. you catch this? As he's sitting there across from LVP, I don't care fu- what fucking happens. I don't We are open on the 31st of the fucking 31st. We're I'll fucking open it. And then LVP high-fived him. And I was like, LVP needs to stop i've been coming on her side this season and then she high fives sandoval and i'm right back uh, against her because i have been loving her this season and i don't want her to be high-fiving that demon but she did she did and i'm not going to hold it completely against her because she didn't know about the Sandoval. but i swear if i see her high-five again that man next season after all this stuff went down i'm gonna be pissed but lvp says you got to tweet it just tweet and and she gives some advice for making some more money. If they need money to keep this place open, she says to get on OnlyFans. Although she called it, what did she call it? She's go on one and only. <laughs> it made me think of that Adele song, "One and Only," which I just heard this this week. I don't know if you knew this, but that Adele song, "One and Only," she wrote it uh, based on or because she was inspired by the Drew Barrymore movie Never Been Kissed. Isn't that wild? She said that in an interview once. And so uh, that was the headline I, I read about that song. So I didn't actually read the article. <laughs> I didn't read the article about it. But so I can't really give you that many details about Adele using the movie Never Been Kissed as inspiration for her dramatic song, One and Only. But I do think somebody should look it up and figure it out because I think it's true. I saw it in a headline. Anyway, then we see our, we have this scene of Tom and Ariana at their house. He makes her a latte and they kiss. Ugh! Tommy, can you hear me? I had so much rage in me. So much rage watching that. So much rage making that latte. As if he's Andrea on Summer House. As if he's Andrea. Only Andrea can make someone a latte and bring it to bed. I'm not accepting it. And I bet you, here's what's so sick about it. I bet you Tom Sandoval was watching Summer House and was like, oh everyone loves when Andrea brings someone coffee. And so he's like, I'll bring her a latte on camera. I was like, nope, nope, you are not Andrea. Anyway. What are we talking about? Then we... Oh, the best scene though! Oh my God, you guys! Okay, pull over for driving. Sheena and Brock. Okay, uh, what I want to discuss is this chore chart. They have a chore chart in their kitchen, and I was trying my best to just see what's on this chore chart. I was trying to pause. I was trying to figure it out. And it is one of the most chilling things I've ever seen on television. Okay, so let me just break through, break down some of these things that are on this chore chart, which I guess they check off every single day when they do these things. And these are grown people. They're about to get married. And look, everyone runs their household differently. So I'm not here to completely judge Sheena. Although I guess that's what this whole fucking podcast is, me judging people. Anyway, uh, Sheena on the chore chart. It says, call mom. Which, great. That's a nice thing to do. Call the mom. And Sheena has a close relationship with Erica, her mother. So, great. Love that. Then it says work window. Which I guess means put in some work, doing something. Maybe the vlogging. I know she's got all sorts of businesses. She's got the podcast. So, I guess that's the thing in the chore chart. It was like work window. Then breakfast. She's got to remember to eat breakfast. Uh, she had to put something on there specifically for Brock, it was revealed. It was that he... Brush his teeth. Now, they had a playful little moment here. and Something about the fact that she needed to be reminded via chore chart to brush his teeth didn't sit right with me. And God bless. But it was shocking. And then there was like kiss for one whole minute. On there, kiss for one whole minute on the chore chart. So kiss for, and I have a lot of questions about that. Like, do they time it every day? It's a playful thing. It's not really a minute. It's just like, let's kiss each other. Like, that's kind of cute. It could be cute, but then like the whole minute thing sort of threw me off. But the fact that the kiss for one minute was like right next to brush your teeth. And then there was one, uh, there was <laughs> there's one thing on the chore chart that's just said content. I'm gonna need someone to like give me this whole chore chart. I'm gonna need Sheena to post it on social media. Shishi, if you're listening, please take a picture. I need to see a detailed breakdown of what this chore chart is because the fact that brush teeth and kiss for one minute was right next to content, which I'm assuming is, and you know Summer Moon's got the Instagram account too. So I was like content. It's like we kiss for a minute, then Barack goes, brushes his chompers, and then let's take some content for Summer Moon's Instagram. Like that's all so I mean, if people could look. If we can go back in time to the 80s and just show people where we're at as a society, where uh, we are now, people would be shocked and saddened from the 80s, from the 90s. It was like, this is where we've come. And I, in a lot of ways, I'm really thrilled. And, but in some ways, I'm thinking, do we need a chore chart that's for brushing teeth and creating content? And then kissing for a minute? I'm not sure. Anyway, Sheena also made up this whole storyline about... <laughs> Sheena says, one of the rooms, she needs the other room. And Katie's taken up the room that the bridesmaid could have. And this was obviously to me, at least, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong. It's like, it was so scripted and fake of like, we need to have this conflict between Katie and Shishi. And I feel like this was all orchestrated pre scandal, obviously. And so I don't know if it was production or the cast. They were like, we need some conflict. We need some stuff going on. And so they thought, this will be a good thing. So they made Sheena pretend on the phone, which it felt like such an acting thing. And I know Sheena's acting because I did see her episode of the Jonas Brothers Disney show when she plays the pizza gal. Anyway, she pretends and uh, takes a phone call. And by the way, I would like to see Sheena acting in more things. You hear me, Hollywood? Put her in something. Okay, there's no shade to her acting skills. I'm just saying I could tell. She was on the phone fake with the hotel, hotelier or whatever. <laughs> what do you call it? The hotel. And she was pretending that, oh, there's no more room left and she's got to tell Katie she'd pay for the resort or whatever. It was all completely a big lie. But it was, I guess, something to move the storyline forward. Sheena at one point said she's going to call up, I guess, TSA and put Katie on the do not fly list. <laughs> oh, I loved it. But it was all made up for sure. Then uh, we have Ariana and Toms. They're throwing a pool party. Ariana just wants to have fun. She lost Charlotte. And so she's inviting the group. Katie comes over first, and she's like, everyone's invited to this pool party. But before the pool party, they need to meet with this Sabina, a business scale, who's going to teach them how to pitch because they need to get financing or funding for their sandwich shop. Now, of course, we're all watching this, and we're like, here, take my money. That's what I'm feeling like. Uh, take whatever I got in my bank account, and you figure out the sandwich shop because I'm here to support the gals. Here to support the women. Uh, but they meet with this Sabina, who sort of teaches them how to pitch. And they have all the right answers, which is so interesting to me, because normally, particularly on Vanderpump Rules and the history of it, we normally see like the guys doing business stuff or the cast members doing business stuff. And the producers, the people on, uh, who work on the show, are making fun of how they're making all these mistakes. Do you get know what I mean? Like they're editing it to make the people look really dumb. They always make them look dummies on this show. They make everyone on here look like a dummy. And so it was fascinating to me that they were showing them in such a good light. Like they had every right answer to Sabina. And uh, I felt really bad, actually, when Katie was in her confessional. And she said she always wanted to do the sandwich shop with Schwartz. And then Shula Schwartz was like, no, I'm going to open up this bar with Tom Sandoval. And what a mistake that was. What a mistake that was. Because now we're all ready to get them sandwiches. we are going to get them footlongs. And meanwhile, Schwartz and Sandy's, who knows how long that's going to last. Greg's throwing them under the bus on social media. So uh, they're fucked. And Katie just wanted to open up the sandwich shop. So I'm ready for these. Yes, Sabina at one point says, let's go, girls. And of course, I thought of our dear Shania.
0: Let's go, girl.
1: We have a little minute at Sir. Raquel stops James and said, I just want to check in with you to see if you're okay. Oh, I hate her so much. And then she says that Tom Sandoval told her that she could invite James to their pool party at their house. Like I was so fucking pissed at that. I mean, and then James even was saying his confessionally, He's like, "Why is everyone choosing Rachel over me?" He's like, "You were my friend, and now I'm being pushed out of the group in favor of this demon." And I was on James' side. I'm feeling bad for him, and I don't want him to be pushed out in favor of this other woman. Oh, I'm so mad. Then we see at TomTom, Tom, Tom uh, Ariana and uh, sits down with LVP and Katie and Logan was their server. We love Logan. Logan is uh, Ariana's one of her best friends and he's the best. But he works at Tom Tom, and uh, they put in a bid for the sandwich shop. Apparently, there's this opening right down the street from Sir and Tom Tom really making that whole street corner, that whole area, just like a Bravo Disneyland, right? Now we got Sir, we got Pump, we got Tom, and we got the sandwich shop. I mean, come on, what's next? And do you remember back in the day, this was revealed somewhere on, on social media or an interview or something, Nene wanted to buy one of those locations. And she asked LVP, and then LVP suggested against it. And then I think that ended up being the location of Tom or something. Might be getting that fact wrong. Again, stuff comes in my brain and falls out. But there was some drama. But now I want Nini to get an establishment there, too. Like, let's get every place in that block. Just let's make it a Bravo Disneyland so that we all know where to go when we want a night out with our Bravo family. Right? Like, that's the best part of watching these Bravos shows. That's the best part about going to Countess Luann Cabaret is just being surrounded by our people. It's another reason why you need to come to Everything Iconic Live, because we're surrounded by our people. And so it feels good. And I want that whole corner to be like that. And so I'm glad they put in a bid. Obviously they're going to get it. Uh, Katie reveals that she's going to this wedding. She's going to Shishi's wedding. She paid a thousand dollars for the hotel that she can't get back, which I don't know. I feel like production paid for the hotel, right? Cause it's technically a cast trip. So I don't, this whole thing just reads fakie to me. Like uh, Sheena's whole thing, the pretend conversation. And then now Katie, I think production was like, we got to get everyone there. It's, it is a t- cast trip. Stephanie Holman from The Real Houses of Dallas has been on her TikTok, really blowing the lid off all these shows. And she's been saying all the truth. She keeps, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but they do those get ready with me videos where the people are like doing their makeup and then they're talking about something. So Stephanie Holman of The Real Houses of Dallas, um rest in peace, she has been posting just all these secrets from filming. And she said, yes, everyone has to go on the cast trip. Everyone has to go, and you can't just disinvite someone. Production is in charge of this thing. If you're a main cast member, not if you're a friend of, but if you're a main cast member, you've got to go. And so this wedding is the cast trip, so Katie's got to go. And so it's weird to me that we're all pretending that's not the case. I guess Sheena said we'll go to a different resort, but it's like I don't know. I think production paid that one thousand dollars for the hotel. It's made up anyway. Katie's not giving up the room. Good, she's bringing Christina Kelly. And, oh my God, did you see that footage when they flash forward? Rashina was like so mad about Christina Kelly coming. She's like, I don't want her to be near my wedding because last time she was talking all this shit about me in my crop top wedding dress. And so then I think Christina was like, I would never do that. We won't do that. And then they do a flash forward to two weeks ahead. And it was like Katie and Christina Kelly like looking from the fucking balcony with binoculars at the wedding. Ah, oh, you guys, I lived. I lived! Uh, okay, so Katie's going to this fucking wedding. She ain't giving up that room. Then uh, we see Sheena uh, getting some bikinis ready for the pool party. We see Katie and Lala getting ready for the pool party, which Katie showed up to as Katie and Perry. Katie looked like uh, Emily and Perry. And had the hat on. I loved it. I loved it. It was the look. Lala said as they were getting ready that Raquel is a dummy, which I was cheering. I'm loving Lala this season. She's getting laid, calling people a dummy. Love it. Then we have the pool party. I was mad again when Ariana was commenting about how hot Rachel looked. I had so much rage in me. So much rage in me watching her compliment that demon. Disgusting. And inviting her into her home. And the fact that Rachel didn't feel any bit of remorse sitting in that home. I'm disgusted. Then the, uh, Brock brought Schwartz's lookalike, like a hotter version. It was like Schwartz, but like a hot version. And Schwartz even said, he's like, yeah, this is if I, if I gave a shit, you know, the hot version had all these abs, like an eight pack. And I think he was probably wearing shoes, which we know shoeless Schwartz never does. And so he was a hot looking man. And he, did he have the accent too? I was like, Katie, that's that would really get back at Schwartz. I feel like Katie needs to sleep with that hot man. What a fuck that would have been for Schwartz. So I don't know if that could still happen. Let's bring him around more, though. I need to see more of that hot man. Because let's take his blouse off and let's film him. Mic him up. Mic him up, editors. Because I need to see that man without a blouse. He had the thing open. And finally, we're getting some abs on this show. Like, let's do it. Bravo. Lean in. Lean in. If we're not getting Andrea on Summerhouse anymore, then I want this sh- hotter Schwartz. On the rules, and I want someone to sleep with them, and specifically Katie, and all of them, really. I mean, whoever wants to, Lala, I don't care, me, I don't know, mic me up. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Anyway, uh, Sheena says that Christina is a mean girl follower, and that was when we got that flashback to them making fun of that crop top, which, by the way, uh, she was ahead of her time with that crop top. It looks good in uh, retrospect. And then I mentioned Katie in uh, showing up in that Katie and Pere outfit. But what I we really need to focus on is that Schwartz said that she smells.
0: I have the f***ed No, no.
1: She, He said that on camera to her face. And I mean, this man, as if he hasn't put her through enough hell, and then is saying that she smells. And by the way, I bet you Schwartz smells. If there's one thing I would put money on in Vegas, it's that Schwartz don't smell too good. I mean, I know he's airing out them hooves every second because he's never wearing socks or shoes. But I would imagine that a man does not smell like roses. So And so the fact that you're saying Katie smells on camera, unless I misheard it, maybe I misheard it, but I think he said something or alluded to her smelling. And I was like, let's sniff your grippers. There's no way that you smell all that great shorts. I can't be the first one to think that, walking around with none of them shoes on his hooves, and then just disgusting, just disgusting. And he always, uh, he just pissed me off, especially at the end of the episode when he was like chasing after her. She went out and she's like, you never have my sight. And then she storms out of the party. We'll talk about that. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. We got so much more to discuss, uh, and we'll be right back. So at this pool party, there are some interesting dynamics happening where Sheena talking to Lala and everyone's talking about being labeled a mistress. Sheena says she's been labeled one. They show a flashback to her sitting down with Brandy Glanville. She says, Here we are in 2022 and I'm still a home wrecking whore. And you guys, I'm I'm worried. Lala is really starting to lose it against Rachel, and there's no way we're gonna make it to the end without her popping Rachel. There's just no way. There's no way because she's getting so mad and she's talking to Shishi. And then I got mad at Shishi threw Lala under the bus with Rachel. She sat her down. She's like, Lala said this about you and that about you. And I was like, Shishi, you need to cool it. She's on the wrong side. Anyway, James, yeah, he's feeling like he's being edged out of the group. Wait, this was weird too. Allie was like not invited to the wedding. So she's going on the trip. This was so bizarre to me. This was so weird. Sheena apparently invited people to the resort weekend, but then they're not allowed to come to the wet. Like, what the fuck? I think you have to invite people with plus ones. You know how I feel about weddings. Give them a plus one. Or scale down the wedding. See, it's totally understandable if you don't have the money. But if you're throwing this big, lavish wedding that's going to be on camera, then you should be able to let everyone have a plus one. It's like, I don't want to be invited to a wedding where like my significant other can come, but then has to stay in the hotel. Like, it's so fucking weird. I thought it was so weird. It was so it's so weird. And Lala, she said, um, this was interesting. Lala was like leaving the party and she's like, I want to go fuck Don. And then this is named name Dom or with an M or an N. Did I write it down wrong? the Don, right? She kept calling him that. Anyway, she wants to leave to go fuck him. And then, uh, she is leaving and she's like, I gotta go. And then they say something about like, well, why don't you stay at Katie's tonight? Like just go to her house and then you can have him over there. And she says she can't because she would spray all over the room. And she would spray it with Don. I mean, it was getting really graphic. <laughs> it was getting really graphic. Anyway, it was interesting to me, before she did leave, James buddied up with her and Katie and Christina, because James is, of course, like, well, an enemy of my enemy is a friend, or what's that saying? And so, of course, he's forming an alliance now with these three, because he's seeing how much they hate Rachel. So he's like, okay, let me get on and want them. And that was a smart move. Strategic, but smart. Anyway, Rachel is mad at Christina Kelly for making fun of her galaxy lights, which is where the title of this episode comes in, because what did I say it was called? Something about galaxy gaslighting was the name of the episode. Anyway, she's mad about that. And so she sounds Sheena, and she's like, what a fucking bitch? She's like, she was making fun of my galaxy lights. And look, they were. Again, they shouldn't have been making fun of them galaxy lights, because that's a nice thing to have. Especially on your vacation, you know, you're in a new room that you're not used to or accustomed to, and so you want something nice at home. Anyway, uh, she then sorts of snap at Sheena about Lala and Christina Kelly and Katie, and she says, obviously, I'm not a weak bitch. And it's interesting because at this point, the feud on Rachel's end is really about galaxy lights. That's really what it is for her. And the other gals are looking at her, and they're like, oh, she's home-wrecking mistress. Like, that's that's a whole separate thing on their end. But on Rachel's end, she's just pissed that they're making fun of them galaxy lights. And so in ordinary circumstances, I would be on Rachel's side for this, but I can't. I can't. Uh, Ariana says that Katie, Lala, and Christina were probably mean girls on vacation because that's the history of them, right? But I think Ariana was wrong here. They were appropriately being mean to Rachel, at least in retrospect at least in retrospect. Katie does say that Raquel needs to get her head checked. And uh, this whole thing, they're fighting across the island and Sandoval steps in and Ariana snaps at Sandoval. She's like, I'm not doing this, Tom. I'm not doing Tom against the girls. So I'm leaving because she's been through this time or two. It's always the case where Tom Sandoval, he gets this righteousness and he tries to act like, uh, everyone's in the wrong except for him, and he knows what's right and everything. And so she walks away. She's like, "I'm not going to do this again because you're always." Uh, she's always standing up for him and defending him. And I was proud of her for that moment for just walking away and say, "I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this." Then Rachel calls Lala a bully. Says they're Chihuahua followers or something. Rachel obviously just didn't understand how to. She's not good at giving an insult back, and I would probably be the same way because I'm not a confrontational person. But she's just sitting there trying to find her words. just like, well, you're all chihuahua followers. And it's like, you spit it out, Rachel. Like, come on. And if you're going to be on Reality TV, I'm going to need you to get there quicker. Just get there a little quicker. Anyway, Rachel says to Lala that you give Mistress Bimbo vibes. The fact that she's calling people Mistress is crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm getting worked up every week when I come in here. I get worked up. I mean, I feel like I'm breathless at this point. <laughs> Leave me breathless. I'm breathless at the end of every episode because, yeah, the fact she's just yelling across the island at this woman's house who she's being a mistress with, and she's yelling at another woman. She says to Lala, you're a mistress, and it's like, meanwhile, you're at the house where you're being a fucking mistress, you dummy. I mean, come on. It's insane, and the fact that that other demon, that man, is just sitting there, both of those men, both of them Toms, Shula Schwartz and the other one, they're just sitting there, and then they're trying to act holier than thou, and like, I mean it's just fucking nuts. It's nuts. And then meanwhile Ariana's just sitting in her own home and she invited everyone over for the pool party and it makes me happy that she said this at the end of the midseason trailer. You want anything? For you to die? Obviously we don't want anyone to die. Of course not. That's but you know the sentiment, you know the sentiment behind it, I understand where she's coming from because it's like these are all betrayals. She's been betrayed by all of these people. And so it's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. You know what else is disgusting? James Kennedy, who I was just talking on the show. I was getting on his side. I was sticking up for him. And then, and then he decides to go after my queen, Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson did not deserve this on Vanderpump Rules. I mean, her father appeared on Vanderpump Rules. Go back and watch. Joe Simpson, Papa Joe, he appeared on Vanderpump Rules. Remember he shot Tom Sandoval when he had that long demon hair or whatever that look was? So Papa Joe has helped propel this franchise into where it is now. I mean, he's a pivotal part of this show. I mean, him, Vale, I mean, we need to give them all credit, Laura Lee. These are our founding fathers of Vanderpump Rules. So Papa Joe helped launch this franchise. Granted, he didn't appear until, like, what, like season five or something. But still, he helped launch this franchise into orbit. And now one of the cast members has the audacity, or in the words of Ramona Singer, the audacity to then call Jessica Simpson, Papa Joe's daughter, a bimbo. I did not care for it. I did not care for it because Rachel had just called Lala a bimbo. And now we're calling Jessica Simpson a bimbo. He said something about her being a bimbo in Dukes of Hazard. I was not okay with that. Not okay. Also, I was not okay with Rachel in her confessional when she dabbed. Did you see her dab? I mean, what the fuck was that? I didn't want, I didn't need to see her dab. I didn't know we were still dabbing. Do you know that dance move? She did it. She's like dabbing. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Uh, then, uh, Sheena confronts Katie. She says, I'm not going to disinvite you to your vacation, but just get out the fucking resort. And then I kind of love that Katie was just like, no, I'm going to stay there. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want her energy around me at all. And She's yelling. And then Schwartz gets involved. And he's like, I'll go talk to her. Katie leaves and he, she's like, you always take other people's sides. And obviously it's not a relationship thing. She says, it's just a Katie thing. Like you just hate Katie. Like Tom Schwartz obviously hates Katie. And I think it's been clear, but he has always been that way. And the thing that bothered me the most about it was, like, with other people, and he was like this throughout the whole series of, like, with other people, he's always throwing his wife, or now ex-wife, under the bus. And then he, like, chases after and is like, oh, Bubby, Bubby, I'm sorry, Bubby, 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 Bubby. And it was like, uh, oh, that's fucked up. Either have my back or don't have my fucking back. I mean, I'm pissed. Anyway, then Katie leaves. And it was very... This felt like a real scene. It felt like cameras just happened to chase them. There was an authenticity to this scene that I wasn't seeing in some of the other scenes earlier this episode with a fake phone call to the resort and all that. And so I felt bad for... Katie was crying and... I don't know. They eat those two. I know it's fucked up. They got to work together for our entertainment. And I feel bad about that. However, they do not need to be together. I mean, those two need to cut their ties and move on because it's, it's not okay. Then we get that trailer. And then it ends. What an episode. What an episode. And that music again. I know we talked about that mid-season trailer music, but just wow. Wow. Every time I think about it, I get the chills, goosebumps in my arms. The hairs on my arms just stick up as if I just found out Elizabeth Perkins followed me on Instagram. Anyway, uh, we got to talk about Jersey. Got to talk about Jersey. I have so many thoughts about that. So let's take a break and we'll be back and talk Jersey. <laughs>
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for
1: you. All right, Jersey time. Shut the f*** up! Okay, Uh, the Real House Jersey, I'm sorry to say, it's just not hitting for me quite like it normally does. I do have a couple of fixes that I want us to talk about. The first being that I think we need to move out of the summertime filming. I think we need to go back to the winter filming. If we're going to stay focused on all this familial relationship drama, I think that plays better around the holiday season. There's something about the holidays that of course brings it out in all of us. And we have interesting family dynamics when we're having to celebrate all of these Christmas Eve dinners and Christmas days. And of course, some of our most iconic moments from the Real House of New Jersey were centered around the holiday season with the sprinkle cookies and she threw them in the garbage. And it's like, I need that vibe I need to see the winter looks I'm tired of the summertime filming I'm tired of going to the Jersey Shore I love the Jersey Shore but I'll watch that on MTV and I'm tired of the baseball game. And it's just like, we need to do something. And guess what we wouldn't have in the wintertime filming? You know what we wouldn't have? We wouldn't have to watch John Fuda or Fuda or I don't know how I'm saying that name. But I don't think we'd have to watch them wax him. Because that's not what I tune into the housewives for. And they're showing too many of the men. Every week on this show, we're getting these scenes where it's just the men. And then at this party at Missy G's house for the luau, we're going to have to watch these this new house husband get waxed. And uh, ladies, I don't need to see that. Enough!
0: Enough. No, enough.
1: Literally I'd rather watch anything else. Any absolutely any other bit of footage. I don't care if we're talking footage from another show. I don't care if we're talking about footage from a cancelled show, from a house I'd rather see the them twins from the Real House of New Jersey that season where that was really bad or I forget who even else was on there. I'd rather see literally any of those people who were fired. Anything else than having to watch John Fito. God bless him have to get waxed on camera. And who thought, like, that's what the audience is interested in? And maybe some of you are. I don't I'm sometimes feeling disconnected to the show lately, and I'm thinking, I feel like the shows, they're going after a straight male audience by showing all these straight men scenes. And maybe some of the women out there like it, but I certainly know that the gay men out there are not interested in seeing these guy scenes. Like, yes, we want to see Joe Gorga with his top off. You Show me him without a blouse, but I don't need to see the full scenes of them, and I don't need to see John Fudda 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 and and then the guys were also doing the calendar work, and it's just like, what are we doing, like, leaning so far into the guys? And I think I mentioned this on the show that I had heard rumors. Don't know if this is true. It could be completely made up, so do not take it as fact. Do not, because uh, this was, like, very unsubstantiated rumors. Like, <laughs> when I say uns- unsubstantiated, I mean, like, very wildly unsubstantiated rumors. But... That they were like trying to do a guy spin-off, like they were trying to do a show about the guys, and thank God it didn't happen. But are they just repurposing the footage for this show? Because I'm here to watch the gals. I don't need to be seeing John Feta get his chest waxed. By the way, speaking of rumors, one rumor that I did hear that I want to share, and this was surprising me. First of all, I've heard from very reliable sources. You know, sometimes we hear these things and it turns out to be false, but I've heard from very reliable people. That the upcoming season of Orange County is like actually really good. And I know sometimes they say it's like a return to form and then we see it and it's a big old flop, but I'm hearing that it's like legit really good. Okay, that's number one. Then the other thing that I heard I don't know if I should be, yeah, I'll, this is a good thing, so I can share this. But I heard that that Luann and Sonia spinoff, which I was worried about because I thought this is going to be a flop. Anyway, I hear that it's like, really really like an excellent show and it was announced back at BravoCon. like luanne and sonia are doing this sort of like simple life spinoff situation and there was some footage shown at bravo Con, and now i'm hearing it's like the best thing ever and now I, I couldn't be more excited and i've already missed those gals so much so uh, that's one rumor that i did hear. anyway that other unsubstantiated rumor about these men on jersey i don't know do we want to see them no no what are we doing And there's all this stuff about the shore house. So Teresa said that she uh, wasn't invited to the shore house, but I was like, of course you don't want to stay at the shore house, at Missy G's house. Was she calling it Missy G's? And then she says that Gia tried to stay at the shore house, and Missy G said, nah, you're not allowed to stay there. But then I saw a clip from the after show where it's Melissa was saying that Antonia wanted to stay at the other person's shore, er, Teresa's shore house, and then she can't stay. So like, what's the truth, people? Who's uh, And why are the daughters getting involved and want to stay at the shore house. And then are their aunts the ones telling them they can't stay at the shore house? What's going on? This is why I need the daughters mic'd up. Come on, Bravo, let me know what's going on. Uh, But there is this dynamic is falling apart between Joe Gorga, Melissa, Missy G, and Teresa. And it's very sad, but also I can't take one more minute of it. I can't take one more second of this family's drama. I'm just over it. Oh, and going back to the thing about filming in the wintertime, I think that yes, the winter looks and also those familial dynamics, if we're gonna keep leaning into it, whether it be with Teresa and Joe and Melissa, Missy G, or it is with the other one, Danielle and her brother, which it seems like they're setting up that storyline. I'm assuming they're gonna bring in her sister-in-law, Danielle's sister-in-law or something? Because why, why else are we talking about Danielle's relationship with the brother? It makes no sense narratively for a TV show because we've never met the brother. We don't know the sister-in-law. We're just meeting this woman for the first time. So why are they presenting it to us as if we're going to give a fuck? Because I don't give a shit about it because I never met this person's family. We know her husband, the hot guy, and we met the... The daughter who's got the Barbie birthday party, but like I don't know the siblings, and I'm barely getting to know Danielle. So why are they keep talking about it? It's so weird. And then there's this whole thing about Jackie, Jackie from last season, as she's a friend of. She apparently had a relationship with her sister that they they don't get along or anymore. But, even that situation, like I don't really remember hearing much about it when Jackie was a main cast member on the show because we never saw the sister, and now I feel like every episode we're talking about Danielle's brother and how they had an Instagram fight. And I'm like, "Who the fuck cares? we don't know the brother and even with Jackie's situation, at least we got to know her for a few years. I'm just getting to know. We've, I've known Danielle for how many episodes? Five episodes or something? So if we're going to be talking about all this familial stuff, it needs to be presented around the holidays. I at least need to see a Christmas tree in the background and some sprinkle cookies in front of me if we're going to be talking about this stuff. But like, why do they keep talking about the brother? Like, Who the fuck cares? I don't know him. <sighs> I'm mad. Oh, then there's all this stuff about the wedding. Teresa and Louis's wedding, which I was pissed at Louis, Not only because he's thrown on Nono's pajama bottoms, which is something that uh, I'm still not over the fact. I know it doesn't happen until next week, but like, what the fuck? Big red flag. I'm also pissed that he was throwing Teresa under the bus with the whole situation with Missy G's mom and sisters. Now, I am siding with Teresa on this one because, of course, why? Okay, let's just break this down. The sisters, I don't know if it was one sister, Missy G's sister and the mom, Donna, they had tweeted about Teresa back in the day, 100 years ago, right? said these nasty things on Twitter and social media about Teresa. Now Teresa said, "Yes, I uh, I'm fine with them." But she's like, "I don't forget that. So why would I invite them to my wedding?" And it's like, "Yeah, if they were her friends, I might say like, Teresa, you should get over it, right?" But the fact is, it's like they're just in-laws or like second in-laws or what's it called? So I just thought like, "Yeah, well, like why would Teresa invite them to the wedding if they were talking shit about her online?" Like, you don't forget if somebody's talking shit about you online, and it's like, at the bare minimum, you're not going to invite them to your wedding, right? Like, you might see him and say hi and be fine. But then I got mad at Louis for throwing Teresa under the bus, because then he goes up to Donna, and he said, oh, I'm sorry about the wedding. And then wasn't he trying to invite them to the wedding or something? I was like, Louis, you need to cool it. Because listen to your future wife. She don't want them at the wedding. And I would feel the same way if I was Teresa. And I'm sorry. Maybe it's petty or whatever. And a lot of people out there are saying, well, Teresa should get over it and whatever. But it's like, why? She, just don't invite them to the wedding. Like, maybe she's kind of over it. I don't know. And I know Teresa can hold a grudge. I get that. But I just think in this specific instance, it's like, why the fuck would you want Donna there? <laughs> Be like, well, I don't want. She's talking shit about me on social media. I wouldn't want them at my wedding either. Anyway, then I was more mad, though, at Louis to just go walk over there at this luau, which this luau – you guys, did anyone notice the cigar person right at the front entrance? That was making me laugh because, of course, they had the – it was like a cigar table – But I would imagine this was like a sponsored thing, the cigar table. So I don't know if the cigar people paid for it or if Missy G reached out to the cigar people and were like, hey, come to this party and we'll get you placement on the show. But they had to set up shop right at the entrance to make sure that it got on camera. (laughs) And so uh, it was like people entered the party. And normally I think that cigar station would have just been literally anywhere else, but they had to do it at the entrance to get it on camera. That's at least how I thought of it. Um, And then they also had a prosciutto tree, which I loved. I loved. Just a prosciutto tree. Just I haven't seen that on this show. Loved it. Um, speaking of things that I haven't seen on this show, I was shocked. Because I've been watching Real Housewives of Jersey from the beginning. And this week we learned that Jennifer Aiden and her husband Bill, they bought a shore house. And Teresa, back in season one, when she got the house, remember she didn't want any used house. She was like, I have to have my own house and not a used house. And now here comes Jennifer Aiden. She gets shore house, and she's keeping everything there—not just the furniture. She buys the shore house fully furnished and keeps the bed sheets.
0: I have the no f- kill. No. She said,
1: "I ain't even getting rid of the bed sheets." And I just thought that's how you get uh, bed bugs. That I—I just—it wasn't for me. You know, I'm uh, kind of—I'm a germaphobe in a lot of those ways, and so I just thought Jen. I love Jennifer Aiden, but you need to change them sheets. You need to throw them in the bare minimum. I hope she threw them in the wash. I'm sure she did put them on that extra rinse cycle or something because there's no way you should be sleeping uh, in those beds with them old ass sheets. And a lot of that stuff was dated. I felt like we were back in the real house of Salt Lake City because a lot of that house looked dated. And she said she didn't care. And I understand that, you know, she just wanted the house and just wanted there for the summer times. You know, they get drunk, go to the shore house and they just want somewhere to sleep. So I get that. I just had a problem with the bed sheets. I had a problem with the bed sheets. And the decor was also maybe something going forward, and that may be a good storyline for Jennifer Aiden, redoing that house. Let's get some property brothers in there and let's see them renovating that thing because some of the decor was tough. Some of it was tough to look at. And then finding out they had them old ass bed sheets, didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Now Dolores is really doing it for me this season. Really loving Dolores. She's just feeling I don't know, something about Dolores, and I've always kind of loved Dolores, but this season in particular, I am more enamored with that woman than ever before. She doesn't give a fuck. She's telling Frank Senior she don't give a fuck about his feelings. She's, uh, no She's got, she's giving him all the business. She's giving him all the business. And then, um, speaking of Frank Senior too, did you see he got that necklace on? That's a number one dad. It was just, I don't know. I pointed that out. Notice that. Uh, what else is going on? Teresa was explaining the situation between Joe and Melissa, which I can't, I don't even want to talk about anymore. I'm so exhausted by it. I'm so exhausted by that whole relationship. And this, I found this episode very bland, very boring. It looks like next week, getting some good stuff. But I do have an, I do take, umbrance is that a saying? Do take umbrage, umbrance? That's not a saying. I think I'm making that up. I do take issue with the fact that we've had two flop episodes in a row. Not okay. Not okay with it. Two flop episodes. Last week, with that whole baseball situation, then this week, getting this luau at Missy G's, and it was just not hitting for me. None of it was. None of it was flop party at the end when they were leaving. Like, Danielle was leaving because she doesn't want to get in a fight with Jackie. And I was like, you need to stay there. Like, that's the whole point of the show. What are you leaving for? She's like, if I stay, I'm going to – you don't want to have an enemy in me. Like, if I stay, it's going to go down. And it's like, yeah, then stay. Like, get back in there what if what, everyone's just leaving anyway that's the end of the episode and then next week we get that whole thing about them about them pajama bottoms you guys i'm so shook by that i couldn't believe he said that in joe Gorga's face i live with your four
0: nieces i wear your father's pajamas at night to make them feel safe and loving do you know that
1: Because i can't wearing them pajamas now i understand wanting to honor someone of course you someone you've lost we all love dono i loved that man and i was just a viewer of the show but then to be wearing, like, what is the mechanics of, like, wearing someone's, does he, he doesn't even fit in them, does he? Like, I feel like they're different sized men. No shade, but they're different sized humans, or were. And so what, you're just wearing the pajamas. I mean, that's actually probably more troubling than them bed sheets at Jennifer Aiden's house. So maybe I was wrong about Jennifer Aiden. Maybe I need to take all that back. Because now I'm finding out, and... <laughs> Look, I know we have washing machines in Jersey, but it's still things that I don't know vibe wise. You don't want to wear uh, somebody else's pajamas who's deceased. It's just not a normal thing to do. And I, I sometimes Italians in particular, I think we have these, we have these ways about going through things and everyone grieves differently. And I know grief is. But do the daughters really want to see the, the new uh, dad, the stepdad wearing the Nono's pajamas? Like, I don't know that Gia is really interested in seeing Louis walking around that house in the Nono's pajamas. I'm not sure she needs to see that. Or Audriana needs to see him wearing the old pajama bottoms. Because that would be triggering for me if I was just seeing someone, a new man in my mom's life or my life, and seeing him wearing someone's that I love deeply, his old pajama bottoms. It's just a weird thing to, I don't understand it. And of course, we've seen some red flags from Louis, and I've always mostly been on his side. I always thought that he seemed like an evolved kind of person. He seemed like he always wanted to get therapy and all. But now I'm like, what are these red flags? Like you're wearing pajama bottoms from No No? Uh, you know what? You need a No No wearing them pajama bottoms. No, no. Do not wear those because it's not a normal thing to do to just throw on someone who's past, who we all loved wearing their pajama bottoms. I don't think Nono would be too happy about that either. I, so, Nono's looking down and saying, Louie, take off my pajama bottoms. That's what I believe. And of course, rest in peace, and we, everyone grieves differently. But this was, to me, was weird because it's like Louie's not the one grieving Nono. The rest of the people in the house are. And unless they asked him to wear those pajamas, which I can't imagine... Uh, Gia or Melania being like, hey, can you put on these pajamas? And he said he did it for the daughters. He said he put them on for the daughters. And I'm like, I don't think the daughters want that. If I was one of the daughters, I'd say take those fucking pajamas off, man. (sighs) I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And I'm sorry if people out there think it's not weird. But I think you're weird if you think that's not weird. There's something weird about it. And so if you don't think that's weird, I, I can't, what is that saying? Bethany Frankel always says, like, I can't understand it for you. I hate to bring up that demon, but I just did. Uh, And so I can't understand it for you. If you don't think that's weird, then maybe you're weird. I don't know. And we're all a little weird, but something about that is extra weird. And so we're going to find out more about it next week. But even Joe Gorg was sitting there like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know. Love you all so much for listening. That's the end of the episode. Another long one. We've been going long. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it I love you so much for listening get tickets to those shows because we're going to have lots to talk about lots of stuff to discuss at the Everything Iconic live show get tickets at everythingiconic.com at the top of the page there's a live show link for Seattle April 5th I believe and then uh, Salt Lake City those are still available in Salt Lake City I, we might have some people popping in I'm tr- I'm working on some uh, yeah anyway love you all so much for listening stay safe and we'll talk soon bye bye